Hey, what's up? It's DJ Baby Drew, and you're listening to the Bali Praya Podcast. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Bali Praya podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Echangara. Uh, and we here at Bali Praya are always bringing you the fresh uh, knowledge, info uh, on music and arts. Because Bali Praya is a co-working hub for everything. For musicians, for artists, for painters, photographers, everyone. And we have a lot of like uh, great guests before. Like uh, the Grammy Award nominated producer Adam Berg. Shortcut, Cash Money. Even Silento, we got a lot of people, and right now we have someone special. Uh, he's uh, one of most the most prolific producer. He has uh, worked with like Diplo, Calvin Harris, Stephen Oak, uh, Steve Aoki, Justin Bieber, Chainsmoker, and he you also won a Grammy award with Diplo and Skrillex on their Check You project. And he uh, he has also produced for a lot of artists and also the official touring DJ for Chris Brown. Please welcome Baby Drew. Happy to be here, bro. Thank you for having me. My first time to Bali. Your first time in Bali? Yes. So uh, what do you think of Bali? So far, it reminds me of the Caribbean. It's like very islandy. Oh, very islandy. I like it. Uh, but the traffic is... Uh, it's, it's, it's just like the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic sucks. So you just, you, just, you just got back from playing Zelavi, Singapore. How was it? Yes. Uh, well, it was good. It was good. A lot of tourists. Um, it was good. I, I, I got to play a lot of... Uh, I, I'm like an electronic guy, so I got to play yeah. a, lot, a lot of... Electronic music there, and it was fun. Okay, uh, let's start with the basic. The name, Baby Drew. Hmm. How that came up? I hate my name, first of all, but it's <laughs> too late to change it, so <laughs> I, I kept it. Um, it was a name that people called me in high school, or is the name that a girlfriend of mine called yeah. me in high school, and it kind of stuck with me, and um, and I just kept it. And then AOL came out, and I got a like, screen name. It yeah. was Baby Drew, and then I got. I started DJing. I was like, all right, I'm just call myself Baby Drew. And I was like, all right, I'm going to change my name because I don't like that name. But at this point, I had a Beyonce drop. And then I was just like, I can't change my name. Now. Beyonce said my name, <laughs> and I can't change my name. So whatever, I'm not changing it. <laughs> so you're stuck with that name. Yep. But uh, y- you came from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from New York. Are you from New yeah, York? Yeah, I'm from New York. Born and raised in New York City. Um, but um, I live in Georgia now. Oh, you live in Georgia now? Yeah. Oh, so you, you kind of like... Uh, New York is kind of like the birthplace of hip hop. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's the birthplace um, of hip hop. But you consider yourself more like an electronic DJ. No, no, no. I'm a music DJ. Okay. But my my love in 2019 is playing electronic music. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I gr- I mean I grew up on everything. So okay. Grew up on hip hop. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about the the scene in Atlanta, the hip hop scene, especially with with the likes of like Migos, like bringing like uh, more new sounds into hip hop. I mean, all the music's coming out of Atlanta right now, so it's it's booming, it's booming. I don't I don't really DJ on that scene in Atlanta. I yeah. DJ on the other side of the scene, so just because I don't enjoy the clubs, I don't okay. enjoy the hip hop clubs, especially the ones in Atlanta. They're boring as hell. Everyone's just standing around, and and I visited the clubs when other people were DJing, and I'm looking at the DJ. He's like putting his heart and soul into it. And everybody's just standing around with a bottle of champagne or just on their phones. And I was just like, I will, I will quit DJing if I had to DJ in these clubs because it just does not seem fun at all. Oh, okay. 
So uh, you started uh, you started in New York in Queens, and what's your major influence to start DJing? What makes you what makes you think that oh I want to be a DJ? Um, I had older cousins that DJed, so like I would always see them uh, do like the family functions, the backyard barbecues, and I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like they, that looks like something that I want to do. And then I, I think I was like 12 years old, and I was just like started to DJ. I was just like the equipment was there, so I was like, why not? So I started DJing, and probably by 13, I was better than all my cousins. So I was starting to DJ with them, and they would just pass me the records. They would select the songs, and they would pass me the records. I would do some weddings with them or some whatever. And, and uh, so that's pretty much what birthed me DJing. Okay. And then growing up in New York, um, listening to, like, Funkmaster Flex and Red Alert, uh, listening to those guys, like, every day. Like, I would go to bed at night uh, listening to Funkmaster Flex mix on the radio. And he's... He's not very good anymore, but back then he was like amazing to me. Yeah, so I would say he's not very good. Let me not say that. <laughs> he doesn't try anymore. Let's just say that. Funk Master Flex, if you're listening, we need you to try a little more. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any mentors or like influence when you started DJing, or just or you just like learn everything by yourself? Honestly, I learned everything on my own. Um, I didn't have a mentor, which kind of sucked. Um, I just use my ears a lot i would listen like i said i would listen to them every day and i would hear them do stuff and i'd be like how did how did he do that and then i would just like okay i think this is how he did it and then i would go home and then i would do it and that's pretty much how i learned but i didn't have a mentor to say this is what you need to do this is how you need to do it this is how you shouldn't do it until later on in life when i actually got on radio commercial radio then i had a bunch of older uh djs that were doing it for a minute that kind of helped me out so Those mm-hmm. were when I actually got mentors. Okay. Uh, you also DJ regularly for the likes of like the, Car- the Kardashians and you open for like Diplo, Calvin Harris, Justin Bieber. That's 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 a pretty big accomplishment. Uh, what what do you think the, your breakout moment for you to become like on that level? When was it? When you think, the, okay, okay, I'm I'm on a different level now. Man, all right. You know how you climb a ladder? Yeah. And you don't look down, but if you do look down, you're like, damn, I'm high. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really look down, but, I mean, from what other people say, like, I've accomplished a lot. And I look at my career, and I'm like, I haven't even gotten anywhere yet. I'm trying to get to where these these guys that I'm opening for, I'm trying to get there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think my, my, okay, my big break in the DJ game was probably starting to DJ for Chris Brown. Okay. So, I, I did... In college, I did radio. Um, when I graduated college, I did. Um, uh, I, I got an internship at a, a radio station in Virginia, um, and then while I was there, uh, I got a full-time job at the radio station. And while I was there doing my mix show, which I had, I had a mix show every day at seven o'clock. Uh, an artist came in by the name of Chris Brown, and his record was out. Run it, and um, came in. We did the interview, played his record. Later on that night, they were like, hey, we, we have, uh, what, what are you doing later? I was like, well, come to the club with me. Um, so came to the club. They hung out. And I, and before they left, I told his manager, I was like, hey, if you guys ever need a DJ, give me a call. And they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I kept in contact with them. And um, one day, I kept in contact with them. And I talked to her, her pretty often. But one day, there was a power summit in the Bahamas where all the DJs from all over the world fly in for, like, this big conference. Um, so I was sitting at a panel at a table, and 
all of a sudden they came and sat next to me. And I was like, oh, what's up? What are you guys doing here? Um, and they're like, oh, we're just here to perform. We're performing later at the pool. And I was like, oh, okay. By the way, I have my laptop if you need me to, uh, to DJ. And this is like Serato had just came out. Yeah. Like Serato was, I had a Dell computer, a $400 Dell computer. And it was a horrible computer. And they were like, all right, we'll talk it over. So finally they decided that, okay, they're going to let me DJ. Um, so they gave me the CD of the show, um, put it in my Dell. And, you know, back in the day, you put the CD in, you could actually play yeah. off the CD. So I put it in the Dell, and I played, and I'm playing during the show, and my Dell starts to freeze up. The Visually, it starts to freeze yeah. up, and I'm like, because it's hot as hell outside. And I'm like, this is my chance to get a job with this artist, and I'm about to ruin it. So luckily, my Dell, just, it lasted. The, the song played. I didn't do anything but play a track, yeah. but that was the foot in the door for playing with Chris Brown. So that kind of gave me my break to do all this other cool stuff. Yeah. So touring with Chris Brown, how was it? Uh, it was good. It was really good. I, get, I got to see the world. I still am getting to see the world. Um, I mean, I've, I've, ex I've played in probably 65 countries now. This Bali makes 65. Oh, a lot of crazy stuff happened. Or Indonesia makes 65. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot of crazy things have happened. Things that uh, I would just say use your imagination. <laughs> so uh, also in your bio, you said you represent Microsoft or W Nike. Uh, how how is it collaboration with a brand? What what exactly did you do with this brand? You know, it's crazy. I okay, so I have a company now. Uh, it's called the Select Society. They, we do uh, cor all corporate events, um, high end like events like high-end weddings and all that stuff so i'll outsource if i don't do it myself i'll outsource people to do it um so basically what happened is i was playing at a club in georgia um and it was microsoft had rented it out for their event um another dj was playing and i guess the club sung his praises and was like this guy is the guy like like he's gonna come do your party so he gets on he does his thing then I get on afterwards, and I mean, this is like, this is like one of the most fun parties I've ever done. This crowd is going crazy. All these drunk Microsoft employees. So, basically, after I did that party, Microsoft hired me over and over and over again. They still hire me over and over again to do a lot of their corporate events. And it's just like anything in the universe. Once you open the gateway to something, yeah. other things start coming your way. So. It led to Nike and the W and all this other corporate stuff that I'm doing now. Um, strictly like unplanned. It was just, it just came out of nowhere. Okay. So it's basically get your foot in the door and the rest of the way will open up. Yeah. Whatever you focus your energy on, it will, it'll happen. Cool. So uh, you play everything from trap, dubstep, electro dance hall. But one thing I want to know is island base. What is it? What's your definition of island base? So island base is a term that I coined. Um, it's basically electronic music with uh, dance hall or Caribbean vibes mixed together okay. with it. So pretty much like what Major Lazer does, Dylan Francis, Henry mm -hmm. Fong, those kind of guys, what they do. Um, but... I wanted to put my own, I wanted to coin my own term. Okay. So I called it Island Base. Okay. So a lot of like, maybe like future dance hall stuff, like the hardest stuff like yeah. that. 
I think uh, uh, I forgot one of what's the DJ's name. I think one of the folk you, you've heard the those song uh, Mayhem by Chemist, that kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. Okay, that, that. that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I see you play all over the world, like Europe, Dubai, Africa, Brazil, Australia. Where do you think one of your most memorable experience touring the world? Man, Australia is my favorite place. Okay. My favorite place on earth is Australia. I love that place. Like, I just love the energy there. I love the people. The women are beautiful. Um, it's just a really dope place. It's like a better version of America. To me, that's what it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really far. Ah? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, you also been in a lot of like TV shows like Oprah, VH1, TRL, Ellen, Today Show, Good Morning America. That's crazy between like DJing in clubs, corporate events, and also producing music and also doing like TV shows. How do you manage your schedule? Um, I mean, I'm pretty good with my schedule. I just, I just have a calendar on my phone. <laughs> I just put the dates in my calendar and I check every day to see what I'm doing today and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, but but... I think it's 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 a pretty tough grind. I mean, it's like a constantly work. Do you take a day off or like do you do it like what what Snoop do? Never take a day off. I don't like days off that much. Um, I always feel like I need to be doing something um, because if I don't, if I'm not doing anything, what else would I be doing? Just sitting there doing nothing. So I don't, I don't do much leisure because by default our job is leisure. We get yeah. to. We get to play music for thousands of people in the club and have a good time. That's our job. So it's like, I don't really need to take many days off. I'm in Bali right now. This is my job for the week or for the couple of days that I'm here. So I don't really, I don't really take many days off. If you have to look back and do over uh, something in your career, what do you think of that? Oh, man, a lot. Buy Bitcoin, uh, no. <laughs> uh, Facebook stock. Yeah. I actually lucky with the Bitcoin stuff. Huh? I got lucky. Oh, you did? Yeah, I bought, I bought, I bought a few. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then w it, when it blew up, I was like, "Holy shit, I got money now." <laughs> yeah, nice. Congrats. I mean, I I own a bunch of crypto too, but I got somebody told me about crypto in like 2011, uh, and I was like, I don't, "You're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about." Then again, in 2013, somebody said, hey, you should buy Bitcoin. And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. 2015, somebody said, there's these ATMs coming out selling Bitcoin. And I was like, okay, all right, whatever. And uh, I missed that boat. So I caught the boat late. I didn't catch it as late as some people did when it was at the top, like 13,000, and they were buying Bitcoin. I caught it before that. But I wish I would tell myself start producing earlier. I didn't start producing until about 2004 five or six um and i grew up playing music so i could play the keys i wish i would have continued and and mastered the keyboard more um i wish i started producing at like five six seven years old um so i could have just been a beast so you also have a millionaire dj academy yeah can you tell us tell us about it so Millionaire DJ Academy is my online DJ Academy. Um, I created it because I noticed that there were other uh, academies out there or DJ schools out there, and they all focus on the same thing, just learning how to 
mix and be a scratch nerd. And I was like, that's cool and all, but like, if you're scratching in your mom's bedroom, what's the point of that? So I created the Millionaire DJ Academy. One, I called it Millionaire DJ Academy because I want you to start my academy thinking big. I don't want you to think anything but that. So think like a millionaire. You can be a millionaire as a DJ. It's, there's thousands of DJs that are millionaires right now because of DJing. So I wanted that to be the first thing. Second thing, I wanted you to learn the business side of it because one thing that's consistent in any industry, in any market, is that if your business is tight, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. So matter of fact, you could suck at something and your business and your marketing is so good that everybody thinks you're great at it. But if it's the other way around, it doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's talk about the Grammy. You won a Grammy with your collaboration with Diplo and Skrillex for Jack Q. Can you tell us the story? How did that happen from the inception until the moment you cut the awards? How, how does it feel? Sure. So uh, my own personal record, the very first record I ever put out, uh, we got Bungie Garland from Trinidad. Uh, we did a beat, me and uh, these, these uh, guys out of uh, Belgium. Um, and we put a record out and it kind of went viral. We did a dance to it. Skrillex actually danced to it. Uh, Blacker the Dancer or the Dancer uh, did some dances to it and put it out there. And it kind of went like mini viral. And then one day I got an email from somebody in Diplo's camp saying, hey, we want to use this record for something. And I looked at it and I was like, this seems like a scam, but whatever. Um, I replied and they were like, yeah, well, Diplo wants to use it for some project. Some, and this, I did, at the time, I didn't know what Jack U was. So they were like, we want to use it for the Jack U project. So come to find out that that's a collaboration with Diplo and Skrillex. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And I don't think reality kicked in until later. And I was like, damn, that's, they're going to use my record. So they did a whole new, like, they did a whole, like, different version of it, but it was still my record. Um, so we got production credit for it. Um, fast forward a few months, I'm overseas somewhere. My agent out of the UK, no, out of, he's out of uh, Belgium, hit me up, was like, hey, you know that uh, they have, they're nominated for, electronic album of the year and i was like all right that's dope he was like you know that if they win that means you'll be a grammy award-winning producer <laughs> and i was like oh shit <laughs> that's when the reality hit me so i'm overseas now watching the grammy awards and lo and behold they win and i'm just like wow that's that's the first record i ever put out that was my own like this is my record and it turned into that Damn. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for the story. It's so inspirational. And I hope you come back to Indonesia and enjoy. Oh, I will be back. Yes. I can already tell that, th that I like this place. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe after Bali, you can go to other cities. Because like, Indonesia is like made of like different islands. Right. Yeah. So, And I hope you have fun with your set in Volta night. Yeah. And... Uh, just you know you always have a home here in Bali Praia if you just want to come hang out check out the studio maybe make some music thank you bro go for it and thank you uh, for tuning in our Bali Praia podcast after this we also have a special like mixtape Monday from Baby True oh yeah millionairedjacademy.com hit it up yes <laughs> don't forget to plug <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and don't forget also to like, comment, and subscribe. And see you at the next Bali Praya podcast.